0: To make things like this easier.
1: I'm reading.
0: And ultimately, enjoy educating your kids. And what's that last thing?
1: Have fun together. Did I do good, Daddy?
0: (laughs) Yeah, you did, sweetie. Good job. Hello, family and friends. Thanks so much for joining us. If you have a chance, head down into the show notes and, you know... Support the podcast, leave <laughs> us a review and share it with a friend. Today we have a first year homeschooling journeys. We love these episodes because there's so many families out there who are considering doing homeschooling for their first year, or they have questions about maybe possibly homeschooling. You may be listening right now and saying, okay, you know, Matt and Ariel, you guys are you know really wonderful. I've shared you with all my friends on Facebook, and I've told all my family about you, and I've supported the podcast and everything, and I've already left a review, but I'm going to start homeschooling this year, if that's you. We, we love these type of homeschooling episodes where we talk about first year homeschoolers yeah. and they talk about you know what were their challenges, what were their experiences, Kind of demystifying. You know the the process and the experience, and, and I really like yeah. this. And, and today we have Cynthia Lapp on our podcast today, and she was a wonderful first year homeschooler of two girls. So that's already she's got brownie points on our on our <laughs> side because we got two girls as well. And her splits are five and three, so she basically homeschooled her her daughter's first kindergarten year. So she was like, that's yeah. our first year.
1: I l- I love hearing these interviews. I think it's Absolutely. great to hear the different challenges and uh, what they thought going into it and what their their first reason is for for homeschooling. Yeah that reasoning is really interesting it is you know and and it's interesting to not just talk to veteran homeschoolers because i feel like so much of media on youtube and other podcasts and things it's all these people who have so much homeschooling experience which is awesome Mm -hmm. and we need those really experienced moms and dads to you know help us as we're coming up on our journey but i think it's just so nice to hear from folks who are just beginning and maybe give you a glimpse to what your first year might be like So we were super happy to have Cynthia on the podcast. She was a great interview, and we hope you all really enjoy our interview with Cynthia Lapp. Hi, Cynthia. Thanks so much for coming on our show today.
2: Yeah, thanks for having me. I'm very
1: excited. Well, we appreciate your time. So Mm -hmm. can you give us and our listeners a bit of background about your family and kind of how you got into homeschooling?
2: Yeah, so uh, my boyfriend and I live in Michigan, and we have two daughters. We have a five-year-old who is... Kind of at the tail end of her kindergarten year and a newly three-year-old uh, my boyfriend owns his own uh, tile installation business and so he has gone in construction quite a bit and I do work for his business um, on the back end so all of the computer work the accounting so I home part-time in that aspect and then I babysit for a local family uh, during the week as long as then um, there's no snowstorms in Michigan. So. Um, that's pretty much it, I guess. And and so you're
1: with a, a five-year-old, this is this is your first year homeschooling. Is that right?
2: Yes. So um, we started at the end of the school year last year with the intention of homeschooling through the summer. Um, mm-hmm. And that way, if it did not feel like the right fit for our family, she could still start school at the you know, in the fall with everyone else and she wouldn't be, you know, late to the party or anything. Mm-hmm. Um, so we've been homeschooling now for, is that 10, 10 months, nine months.
0: That, that's a really, um, interesting way of, of approaching. It. I don't think I've heard anyone do that where you like take a test summer right before yeah. to kind of <laughs> test drive it. It was there. What was the thinking going into that? Like, you know, was homeschooling ever an option for you guys? Did you ever think about homeschooling or, you know, what was that impetus that said hey let's try homeschooling this summer to see if that's something we want to do
2: so it was really just the timing the way that it happened where my boyfriend Mm -hmm. had we kind of had a discussion after watching a viral video of Mm -hmm. a man suggesting like maybe try homeschooling your kids and teaching them in a more practical hands-on way like learning math through building and constructing a garden and Mm -hmm. learning science by growing the vetch taking care of the garden and so that just kind of got us talking about how we maybe homeschool our girls and the timing of that was in may of last year and so i just kind of thought i'm, I'm not not a patient so to me when i thought that homeschool option, it was like i have to jump into this right now i have to start research we have to try, try it wrong and so that was more of just the way that it happened and then in my head i thought well we have the perfect opportunity to do the summer trial where we can, you know, we take the whole summer, see if it works for us. And then it's not going to be a huge deal if it doesn't, because then she can start school in September. So it's just the way that it happened. I didn't intend for that to be the case, but it ended up working out great. And uh, we love homeschooling. I I couldn't be happier with the choice that we made. So,
1: So what was it about that that was in that trial that really definitively made the decision for you that you're like, okay, we're not going to enroll her in kindergarten. We're going to keep going.
2: Um, I think just paying attention to her learning style, she is, um, I think she would be fine in public school. Um, she is a little bit more shy and quiet, um, but her learning style is very, not sure what the right word would be. She receives the information and she needs time to really kind of that information and to process it. And so she doesn't show you right away that she has actually learned or absorbed anything, and that when you realize that she's learned something, it will come days, weeks, or months later. I think spending the summer doing that realized that if if she were in school and she worked every day, and I was asking her, you know, what are you learning in school? You know, can what you're learning? I don't know that I would have felt that she was learning in school not the opportunity to be home with her i can see her learning style learning um she just learns in her own way and so i think that that works for us really well for the homeschool environment so
0: no, you know, the funny thing is, I, no, no, no. It's, it's, it reminds me a lot of my, you know, my oldest as well. When, when she was about five or so, she wouldn't, she would have those, you know, she would sit down, she would kind of get it, but then you'd ask her a little bit later, she didn't. But it would take a day or two for her to process those things. And then all of a sudden you'd hear her, you know, use that information or, or read that thing or do that math somewhere else. And you go, oh, she did get it. It just took her a little bit longer. I, I I'm very sympathetic to that because it's, and we've talked about this a lot of times that we, we don't think that she, our daughter oldest would would do very well in a public school. She would, you know, struggle to, you know, quickly memorize things. She She has an issue with memorizing things. She needs to do things over and over again before she gets it. So, I mean, I think that's one of the great things about homeschooling is that you have that ability to, you know, really watch that learning style. When you, you know, first started the homeschooling, you know, through the summer and then, you know, obviously, right when you started to do it in the fall, where you know this is the first time you're not actually sending the kid to school. You know, were you concerned about anything there? Were, were were there any fears on your side or on your on your boyfriend's side or anything? What was you know a concerns that maybe you had at that time?
2: I mean, it was a little weird, like watching her school bus drive by our house and knowing, like, oh, that would be your school bus if you were going to school. But for me, um, I think I would have been more concerned sending her off to school than keeping her home, um, you know, realizing that if she were going to school, she would be getting on the bus every morning at eight o'clock in the morning, not getting home until four o'clock in the afternoon. And that's every day. Um, and that just seemed like such a huge issue for her, for us, that I would have been more, I mean, we, would, we would have been fine. We would have gotten over it. We would have adjusted, obviously, but I would have been more, more anxious and nervous and had more concerns in sending her to school versus keeping her home. And you're always worried about she getting enough station. Is she missing out on anything in public school? But, um, I think the things that we're doing in our homeschool and the great things that, that she's learning here with us just makes concerned about what she might be missing in public school.
0: No, absolutely. makes a ton of sense. I, I start to see the, the, um, the when the school bus goes by, that's something for me to kind of laugh about because otherwise I'd be having to get up a lot earlier. Well, and our
1: kids are usually still like in <laughs> yeah. pajamas when the school bus goes by.
2: Yeah, and it's crazy because you know that there, you know, there are so many parents that make that work, and they wake up really early, and they're get they get their kids best, send them off, ready to be in school by or to leave for school by eight o'clock. And I'm like, I don't know how. <laughs> like, what time are you getting up in the morning? I don't know how you're doing that.
0: Yeah, I, okay. I I don't know either.
2: So I'm a
1: bit curious to know about what you think about the dynamics of the sibling relationship between your girls. This is something that I think Ooh. for our kids Ooh. we don't ask this question
0: Frickin', often. Yeah, this is new one.
1: This is kind of interesting. I is I feel like I want our girls to be close, and our girls are similar ages as, as yours. We ours are three years apart, so and, and yours only two, mm-hmm. but. What do you think that that homeschooling has done for the dynamics between siblings? Do you think it's helped them to grow closer or, you know, what what kind of effect do you think that that's had?
2: I think because we're home, well, not necessarily home, but we are together most of the time that they, you know, there's always going to be bickering and things in between siblings, but because they're their um, constant playmate, they are close enough in age that they do tend to get along they tend to have very similar interests um and they do play together pretty well most of the time um and i think if we were doing you know public school that my 5 year old would be out more often with children her own age and older and might come home and see the you know the younger one as an annoyance or you know taking her things or you know get out of my way but because they're together we're learning together they're playing together. Um, they really play together and get along pretty well. So I think that the homeschooling has really, really helped that. And, you know, it's the two of them and me sitting at the table doing our learning together. So I think that there's a, a strong bond there where they're learning together and everything mm-hmm. we're doing is them together. So I think that that has helped to really have them get along pretty well.
0: Yeah, I've seen something very similar with mine as well, where... And I don't know, I I would have, it'd be interesting to know the, you know, the, the quantum, you know, teleportation difference or whatever, you know, of like, what would my three-year-old's life look like? or how would she learn if I didn't homeschool with her, with her sister right next to her? But I feel like my three or four-year-old is like being pulled up education-wise because she's really interested in what her sister is doing. Like I want to, you know, she asked for her own math book. She wants her own reading book. Mm-hmm. And that is not something that my you know, my seven year old, seven and a half year old wanted at that age. She didn't, she'd never asked, I want a math book or every time I, I had one of those scholastic books, she wasn't really interested in it. But my, my younger kid watching the older kid do homeschool all the time is very interested in having her own, you know, interest. Have you seen anything like that with your three-year-old?
2: Yes. I say she's kind of learning through osmosis. Like I do work with her yeah. and do a, a, like a very gentle curriculum with her, but you know, she's sitting at the table when we're going through, you know, our DK books, and she loves the DK animal books, and she's always pulling them out and mm-hmm. wants to explore those books. Um, you know, we're doing the Build Your Library Torchlight um, around the world. So we're doing a lot of the social studies and geography, and she's there with us when we're doing all that. So she's always talking about, you know, where, you know, Europe or Asia, or she, they're really into Russia, like everything is Russia <laughs> right now for them. Um, so she's just kind of learning that just by being there. And so I agree that she is being kind of pulled up and more interested in things that I wouldn't think a three-year-old would be interested Mm. in learning. Um, but because she's with us when my five-year-old's learning those things, she's taken an interest to that also, which I think is great.
1: Yeah. It's interesting. Our three-year-old would come up and say, mom, did you know about this about mummies? And I'm like,
0: you're
1: three. I didn't even know what a mummy was when I
2: was three, but okay.
0: (laughs) It's a homeschool keeping up with the Joneses.
2: We we were watching a story video about how you catch the common cold. And the three-year-old started running around telling me about antibodies. And I was like, oh, oh, yeah. Like I'm 40 and I still don't know what those are. <laughs> it's pretty cool. So,
1: so, you know, you, you've gotten into, to the groove now, your first 10 months, what does your day look like? What, what does a homeschool day look like for your family?
2: Um, so we, we do homeschool a little bit on the weekends. So, um, but I would say Monday through Friday, you know, I wake up, um, I work out and then The girls, as they wake up, they kind of come out and hang out with me while I finish that up. And then we sit at the table together and have breakfast. And while we're sitting and eating breakfast together, we'll kind of go over what we're doing that day, you know, school-wise and just, you know, like today we're leaving at 11 to go do this. Um, And then we'll do something educational. So sometimes we'll just pull out, you know, the DK animal books and talk about the animal we're learning for animal science, we'll you know do a read aloud if that's something that's scheduled for our day. Um, sometimes we're just you know talking about the weather. Um, we're doing a science unit about the season. So we'll talk about what season it is. Um, and then after that, um, I let them go and play for a little bit to burn off some energy. And then we come back probably about nine o'clock and I work with my five-year-old and we do her math and then, um, a reading lesson mm-hmm. and that usually takes you know 30 to 45 minutes so it's not crazy long and then after that I'll try to fit in a little bit of something with the three-year-old um so you know some kind of like math or letter game um and then after that we're getting ready because we usually leave every day about 11 to go to either their play group or to go babysit and then anything that i felt that we didn't get to in the morning we'll kind of do when we get home and we're making dinner so if we just didn't get to her math lesson in the morning we'll do that when we get home um and then that's really kind of my focus for monday through friday is just you know the morning kind of circle time stuff at the table um and then the uh, the math and the reading and then the weekends is when we do you know, we get caught up on anything that we didn't get to that I feel is important. But then we also will do the things that take longer, like we'll do, you know, our science projects or whatever we're doing for science that week. And then, you know, if we have art, music, that kind of thing, because those things are more time consuming and we actually have time on the weekends to do those leisurely. So the main the main focus of our week is just reading and math. And then the weekends are like fun, fun science and art projects.
0: Do you find, um, with that kind of shifted schedules, very, I, I like that schedule. And when we do, you know, and my daughter does not know that the concept of the weekend, <laughs> she works all the time. Um, not, not like all the time, but I do like, just like what you're saying, like some days they just don't work out and I got to catch up on Saturday or Sunday. I was doing, you know, spoilers We're recording on a Sunday right now. And, you know, yesterday I was doing a math and reading lesson with my daughter, you know, just for like 30 or 40 minutes. Cause I had to catch up from something I missed on Friday. Right. Um, do you like that kind of shift to schedule? Do you have, you know, tend, the weekend tends to be more of a communal family event, your aerials around and maybe other family members around. Do you, do you engage more as a family on the weekend around homeschooling? Like your boyfriend's maybe home during that time, or do you just find it it's just more useful because there's less going on on the weekends?
2: Um, well, so my boyfriend is very, um, an outdoorsy science, science, nature science kind of guy. So he likes to, he's kind of meandering around while we're doing whatever it is that we're doing. They do a lot of projects together on the weekends too. Like for Christmas, he got them one of those uh, rock tumblers. So, you know, like, you know, on the weekends, you know, I'd go out for a run and that would be the time where he would, you know, change out the rock tumbler with them. Um, so we like to do, you know, some of that stuff together. Um, but I also like the way that we do our schedule because I don't want them to look at school as being work and so if we we do certain things during the week that might not be as fun for them like math or you know like a phonics lesson might be kind of boring but i don't want to look at it as like well the weekend we're not going to do school because school's not fun and we only do fun things on the weekend you know if we can incorporate some kind of learning thing on the weekend then i think that that really helps their love of learning they don't look at it as work they look at it as you know educational but something that they really enjoy so in that way I really like the schedule that we have because I think it's helping for us to all look at it as fun family time and not just oh we're gonna sit at the table and it's gonna be boring and I have to do addition so
0: yeah no I agree that's a great approach I I love that philosophy of just learning all the time is just kind of like a state of being and Mm -hmm. I, I think I think that's a great way to go you talked a little bit about doing work at home as well, and also this babysitting and playgroups. Could you talk a little bit more about um, your, you know, the challenges that you have, you know, fulfilling this homeschool um, environment that you have? Like you, you're working and you're doing this babysitting thing. You know, how does that work, and how do you manage, and how do you think you'll manage going forward?
2: Um, I think it's a, a delicate balance of being very scheduled and knowing what you have coming up each day and knowing what you have to get done. Um, You know, like if we have to leave by 11, that means we need to be done with our schoolwork by 10. So we have time to get ready, which means we have to start at nine, which means we need to be done with breakfast, you know, so being scheduled, but then also being able to be flexible and just realizing that, okay, today we just got wrapped up in something. We were too busy. We, we didn't get math done or I didn't get my workout in and we're just going to have to do that later. And then also multitasking, So there's a lot of times where, you know, I sit them out with art supplies or magnet tiles and give them a read aloud, you know, an audio book. And I sit at my computer and just try to cram in 15 or 20, 30 minutes of computer work while they're occupied doing something that's not dangerous. And then, you know, sometimes I'll take, you know, my tablet with me while I babysit and I'll do some work over there while they're, you know, all the kids are over there playing and um, so yeah, multitasking, being flexible, but also, you know, planning ahead of as much as you can.
0: You do anything special with your planning, like with respect to the homeschooling or just in general, like in the morning, do you just sit down or in the evening? I like to plan in the, we did an episode, I think a couple of weeks ago about planning your morning mm-hmm. and most of my morning planning or morning routine is, is in the evening, the day before, do you do anything the night before or whatnot? Or, you know, what is your thinking as you approach that coming day? Do you have a planner? Do you have anything that, you know, just ideas for other parents out there who might, you know, be feeling a little frazzled, how you you have a lot of things to do and how do you manage that? Do you have any tips in there?
2: I think just because I I don't, (laughs) Um, I have no advice for anyone. Um, I think because our Monday through Friday tends to be pretty much the same Um, I know like every Wednesday, I need to set aside 30 minutes to do payroll. So I know that at some point during the day, I have to sit down and I have to get that done. That's just, it's a hard deadline. Um, Or, you know, if we have estimates that we have to turn in for my boyfriend's work, I know that I have to be able to spend an hour or two putting those things together. Um, But I don't, I don't do planners. I don't, I'm not I think I always feel like I'm organized and then people ask me questions like this. I'm like, I don't have a planner. I don't have a checklist. I just kind of wing it, I guess. But
0: because
2: I guess our days are just so similar during the week that there's so much repetition that I don't feel like I need to write it down. I don't know. So no advice for anyone, no help. <laughs> <laughs> just so, just do it. <laughs> so right now you've
1: got the the social interaction of obviously you're you're mm-hmm. doing the babysitting, so your kids are interacting with those kids, and then you have the play group that they go to. What are you thinking about as they get older? Are mm-hmm. you are there co-ops in your area, or do you have uh, other um, enrichment class opportunities and things? Kind of like looking ahead. What are your thoughts on more social things for the kids?
2: Yeah, so I think the play group is going to work for my three-year-old longer than it will for my five-year-old because there are, you know, other kids that are that age. I am looking into joining a co-op next year for my five-year-old who will be, you know, turning six just to be with other kids her own age. And then there's a lot of um, activities in our area like the YMCA has like homeschool swim classes. Um, things like that. She's not a hugely social kid. She likes to be home. She's more quiet. So she's not begging to go out and be around other kids her age. Um, But I still don't want to, you know, rob her that opportunity to get to know other kids and stuff. So we've had her before in, you know, like t-ball, you know, ballet, dance classes and stuff. But yeah, as she gets older, we're going to be joining a co-op doing you know the swim classes and things cuz she will need to be with children her own age
0: no absolutely and more opportunities to to get out there and everything speaking of getting out and you know seeing other kids um you, you talked about your husband i mean your your boyfriend likes to be outside and you like to kick the kids outside to burn off energy do you consider yourself an outdoor active you know type of family active family um and do you have any advice to any families that are out there who might struggle getting out of the house?
2: Um, So yeah, my boyfriend has always been an outdoor person. He loves to hunt. He loves to fish. We have a lot of property that he's always, you know, there's a lot of chores that he has to do, but he just, he wants to be outside as much as possible. That's just always been his personality. I grew up, you know, playing outside all the time as a kid, you know, until 10 o'clock in Michigan when the sun stays out that late. It's fantastic. Um, I like to work out outside, always going for walks and runs. Um so in general we are very outdoorsy but I started being more mindful of outside time after I started following the um, is it the 1000 hours outside uh, movement And uh,
0: (laughs) that's a great segue. We have a podcast that I think will have already dropped by the time this episode comes out talking about our 500 hour. uh, Yeah, we can't.
1: A thousand's a bit much for us to start. We're going to
0: start a little lighter. Well, let's get into it. You you do a thousand hour. Do you do the thousand hours?
2: This is is our first year tracking. Um, But that I like that the preface uh, or the premise of the movement is that the average child has 1200 hours per year of screen time. And that's roughly like, you know, three to four hours a day, every day, and to try to replace or, you know, substitute as much of that as possible with being outside. And so since I started reading her blogs and listening to her podcasts, I've really tried to be more um, firm on, you know, getting outside more regularly, despite the weather, you know, if it's, you know, raining and 40 degrees outside, we're only going to be outside for a few minutes. Um, but you know, on days that are nice, you know, like, let's just get our stuff on, go outside, let's walk in the woods, let's find old trees to walk all around. And we have two dogs that are <laughs> very hyper and have a lot of energy. So it just helps that we like to be outside because they need to be outside as well. Um, so I guess the, any tip is for anybody that wants to get outside more is just do it, you know, you don't want to get up and go outside but once you're outside you know you won't regret it
0: have you have you seen any change now that you've done that with your kids like do they want to go out more do they are they you know asking to go out we have a resistant three-year-old we have a resistant so
1: we're asking because she's always kind of like eh.
0: she stares at the window with her hands on it goes daddy, it's raining. We can't go outside. It's like, like, all right, kid, I think I think we can, we can scoot down the street a little bit if you want. Do, do you find like now that you're, you're doing this, that they're asking to go outside?
2: Yeah. So my five-year-old has always loved being outside when it was just her, her and I, we would go for really long walks every day because at the time I wasn't working. Um, so she's always loved to go outside, but now, yeah, if it's like, you know, a weekend, and it's 10 o'clock in the morning, and we haven't been outside yet, she's, you know, wandering around the house, like, Mom, can I go outside? Is it time to go outside yet? <laughs> and I think, I think the biggest change is not necessarily the focus of going outside, as much as it's been the change of really cutting back on screen time. Um I'm a person like, I, I always have background noise. I always have the TV on in the background. I used to sleep with the TV on. I'm always on my phone. And so being really focusing more on the TV needs a break. The TV has to take a nap. We need to find other things to do. They're playing together a lot better. We have a lot of open-ended toys for in the house, you know, like the Legos, tiles, Legos, you know, train building kits, Play-Doh. Um, so I would say that that is the bigger change versus you know, the focus on being outside, but they do ask very often if, you know, is it time to go outside? Yeah, I can we go outside? Even if it's snowing, they, you know, get my snow pants, get my mittens. It's time to go build a snowman.
0: Um, Has your boyfriend in, uh, or have you, do you guys have a plan to engage in the hunting and fishing aspect as being something that is you know, part of your family? And are you going to bring the daughters, your daughters into that? Is that something that, that you guys are planning on doing? We haven't talked much about hunting and and like, you know, the kind of the sportsman aspect on the podcast yet. But, you know, since he does a lot of that, do you, do you have a plan for that? Or, or is that something you guys are resistant for the short term?
2: It's um, <laughs> not something that we've talked about necessarily. Um, my five-year-old, I think, has the personality where she would be great at that. We her uh, grandfather nicknamed her scout because she's always looking across the field and finding deer and things that you would never see. She can scout it right away. She's more quiet and cautious and patient. And so I think that as she gets older, she would be a really good hunting partner. Um, my three-year-old, I don't she would capsize the fishing boat. So I think <laughs> she'll be more of the, you know. one of those. We have one of those like, as well. Yes. Like help me process the the animal after Dad and the five year old shoot it. <laughs> but, yeah,
0: exactly. Yeah,
2: you know the three year old is probably not gonna be participating as much as the five year old.
0: <laughs> no, I understand totally. Um, so to pivot back from from outdoors back to indoors, um, we always like to ask people, do you have anything in your homeschool that you can't live without, like uh, crates, tablets, you know, certain types of pencils and whatnot? Is there something that <laughs> that you guys can't live without?
2: Not the tycon. Thai- Ticonderoga pencils. No, um, no, I, not the Ticonderoga I, pencils, I my first the, Ticonderoga. The, the
0: triangle Ticonderogas, the big fat <laughs> Ticonderogas. You don't have like a hundred of those.
2: So I would say there's two things that I can't live without. And the first is my laminator. I love laminating everything. Um, every, every piece of curriculum that is not bound in a book has been laminated and three hole punched and it's in a binder. And I love it so much. <laughs> Um, but I would say the other thing is our library system, and I don't know if every state is the same, but um, anything that I can't find through my district library, we have the Michigan e-library system, and if you have a library card, you can go onto the separate website, and if any library in the entire state of Michigan has the book you're looking for, you can borrow it, and they will bring it to my home library, which is right down the street, and so Build your library, I'm able to find, and then we did Blossom and Root Kindergarten also. Um, I was able to find most of those books through my district library. But when we started looking at Torchlight, you know, adding those books in, those books are a lot harder harder to find. But through the e-library system, I have been able to find, I think there's only like one or two books that I haven't been able to get so far through that library system. So if I did not have that, it would have made Torchlight either impossible or a lot more expensive so i am very grateful for our library system it's fantastic
0: that was our experience as well yeah we have a very robust library system here um kind of on the east side of seattle and a couple counties will share across you know because it's kind of like a general region and we we have a similar lending program as you but i don't think we ever had any problems but like we could not have done it without the library system and that's some. it's kind of funny because you know as a you know leaving you know high school and college library was never really a thing in my life. And it wasn't even up until we had kids and we started to do homeschooling that I realized that how useful the library is. It's such an incredible resource. And it's so funny how like I tell that to people and they're just like, no, I don't use the library. I'm like, what? You pay full price for books. What are you doing? (laughs) Well, I I grew
2: up going to the library. My mom would take us to the library all the time. And so I grew up loving to read, loving books. Um, And then when COVID hit, um, and I got my library card for the area that we live in now, and I was going on and requesting books, I realized at that time that if my library didn't have it, that they could bring it in from somewhere else, and so if I had just been going to the library and browsing, I probably would have been like, oh man, like my library is small, there's no books here, I just, I can't, what am I going to do, but because of COVID, and because I was logging onto the website to request books i realized at that time that they were bringing in books from other libraries and it was like oh i don't know that i would have known that without you know being stuck at home
1: it is an amazing resource so you've touched a little bit about curriculum you said you're doing build your library and torchlight around the world and you've done some blossom and root uh what are y'all doing for math are there other uh, programs that you're using
2: so we watch a lot of number blocks (laughs) on all the time Um, But for my older one, we are doing math with confidence. And Mm -hmm. that in a lot of the Facebook groups that I followed for Blossom and Root was highly recommended as a a very good kind of gentle start to math. Um, And so we're finishing that up. um, I'm going to be finishing that up in a couple of weeks. And as much as I like that curriculum, I think the thing that sets it apart is there's a lot of games involved. and I realize now that that is not something that my five-year-old likes. She yeah. likes to play games, but she likes to play them in her own way. Like I got that for the addition and subtraction. I bought the game Bus Stop and I thought, oh my God, this is brilliant. She is gonna love this. This will make additions and subtraction a breeze. And she hates it. She refuses yeah. to play. She like cries every time I pull it out to play it. And she wants to sit there and do the worksheets. Mm-hmm. And so I think for after we're finished with the math with confidence, we're going to try math mammoth because that seems to be more worksheet based.
0: Yeah, it is. Yes. And
2: a little less interactive manipulative wise. So I think that that might be, you know, the next step for her as far as math goes. So we'll, we'll see.
1: And and what about reading? What are you using for reading?
2: Oh, we're using, <laughs> we're <laughs> using a lot of things for reading. Um, so we, use the good and the beautiful. Um, We are a secular family, but they do like their, a lot of the things in their language arts curriculum. So we're working through that. Um, And then we have incorporated, um, there's a free phonics program called treasure hunt reading. Mm -hmm. I haven't heard of
1: that one before. What's the, what's the basis of that?
2: So That reading, so the premise is that the reading is like finding the treasure and that as you learn to read, the treasure at the end is that you can read. So it's designed to be like a fun little, you know, you get to check off on the map, all of the letter sounds that you've gotten to, and you get to unlock, you know, different cool prizes, which are that you can read now. Um, It moves in an odd way but the first section did a really good job of teaching her letter sounds, letter recognition, and how to hear different sounds in the words. Like she's constantly going around and telling me what sounds she hears in every different word. Like when we get pizza on Fridays, she's telling you she hears a z, z in pizza. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So that did a really good job of um, the letter sounds and the phonics. Um, But she's having trouble with, blending and reading and so I've kind of taken a step back and we're doing more of of like a weird Charlotte Mason Waldorf kind of mixture where we're doing the blossom and root kindergarten like word family cards and going Mm -hmm. over those um, in addition to the good and the beautiful and then um, kind of like the Waldorf inspiration where there's a lot more art woven in so they'll have the kids you know, draw up their own picture book and write, um, you know, a caption at the bottom. And even though sometimes they're just writing lines or squiggles or nonsense, um, eventually they'll be interested in really communicating what it is they're drawing. Mm -hmm. And so they'll learn how to write the words based on their own interest. So like if they're drawing a picture of a cat, they'll eventually come to you and ask, you know, how you know tell me how to spell cat and they'll kind of learn Mm -hmm. that way and um blossom and root kindergarten kind of incorporates both of those in her language arts where she has the journal entries and she wants you to kind of you know write about your journal entry and draw a picture and the narration where you know draw this and then have your parent um you know transcribe it for you so we're kind of using the blossom and root also so (laughs) we're kind of all over the place as far as um, the reading. I'm still trying to figure out what works best for her. I haven't found it yet, so we're just trying to to feel our way through a bunch of different options.
0: That seems very reasonable. I know a lot of families are out there who are very eclectic. They're, you know, trying to pull in what works and trying to figure out. No, we've the, done the same. We've done know? the same thing Let's as well. Let's
1: Test this. Let's test that you over know, there. We've
0: hopped yeah. like three or four. We've hopped three or four different curriculums. We, you know, we're on but all by so reading.
2: Easy to go on. Yeah, it's so easy to just go through and it's like, oh, you know, I don't think this is working. Let me just research about something else that another family's used. And then you buy that curriculum and you're like, eh, I don't know. So, yeah, I'm I'm getting to be my own curator of language arts curriculum. Right. It's not hoarding.
0: It's not curating. Hoarding. It's Curation.
2: Well, and you never it's know. Curating. too. For, for us, you know, we do something
1: and maybe it doesn't work for our older daughter. But I'm like, well, I got another one coming up. Maybe it's going to be her jam. Exactly. I don't want to get rid of it. Yep. Um, And, you know, we have loaned out a lot of our curriculum to other homeschool families we're friends with for them to try out. And they're like, well, I don't know if I want to invest in right start because it's so expensive or all about reading mm-hmm. or something. And it's like, Oh, well here, try out this level we're not using right now and see what you think. And then they're like, Oh, okay. Yeah. I do want to get it. Or no, that's just, that's too much for me or whatever. Mm-hmm. So I think it's nice to yeah. hold on to things um, at someday I'm going to have to get rid of the lower levels. But
0: that's I'm- right. One day soon, a couple of years.
1: <laughs> so you're, you're finishing up your first year here. um, You know, as you're kind of, we're, we're into the later spring here what would you say has been your biggest takeaway from this as your first year? Like what, what do you think is going to stand out to you when you look back on your first year of homeschooling?
2: Um, I mentioned this earlier also, but just really being impressed by my daughter's learning style. Um, cause that's something that I would not have an opportunity to know about her if I weren't homeschooling her. Um, we were, her, I was feeling frustrated because As, you know, after a couple of weeks in, I thought, nothing I'm doing is working. She's not paying attention. She's not retaining any information. Just kind of feeling like, you know, the black hole, the abyss of this is not working and I don't know what to do. And we were reading the Burgess Animal Book for Children for the Blossom and Root uh, Science. And I thought, this book is just way over her head. This like, I don't like this book. I don't think she likes the book, but I kept plugging away and reading it and She was in the bath one night and she started swimming, swimming around in the water. And she said, mommy, mommy, I'm the marsh rabbit from the Peter rabbit book. And that was kind of the, the glimmer of light for me that she is paying attention. She is remembering things. She's processing the information in her own way. And it took me that moment to understand that that's her learning style. And If I weren't teaching her myself, that is something that I would not have the opportunity to know about my daughter. And so I think that that is just so rewarding to see them learning and to understand them in that way, because not, not everybody gets to know their children that way.
1: I agree. I think it's a great, it's it's such a great Mm -hmm. bonus for us. And it's such a, it's such a positive feedback for all the hard work that you put in, that you get to see the aha moments and you get to learn their learning style and, and support them as they find things that they're just so excited to learn. Um, so I think that's really great. So, you know, before we wrap up and this has been so good, thank you for your yeah. time. Yeah. Um, if there's a family out there who's, you know, they've got a, a three-year-old or four-year-old and they're thinking about, okay, it's going to be kindergarten time, might need to enroll. Um, but they're, you know, potentially nervous about starting homeschooling. Like what kind of advice would you give somebody just starting their first year, what what do you think, what do you wish you would have known before you got started?
2: If you have the opportunity to do it, just give it a try. It is not something that everyone gets the opportunity to do. And if you can keep your young children with you and get to spend that extra time with them, I think that's just, it's such an amazing experience for them and for you. Um, As far as advice, I would say that your, your homeschool is not going to look like public school. It's not going to look like what you see on Instagram. It's not going to look the same, even in your own homeschool from one day to another. So to have realistic expectations of, you know, some days your kid is just not, they're not going to want to do math and, you know, and that's okay, you know, to, and give yourself grace in that area to not compare yourself to anybody else or put unrealistic unrealistic expectations onto you or onto your kids and then also to just you know remember that you're a parent you're a spouse you're an educator um you're an employee or an employer but you're also a person and remember that you need to do things for yourself too but the airplane was it the airplane uh oxygen mask theory you know secure (laughs) your mask before securing anyone else's make sure that you're getting time
0: for yourself
2: because i think especially with homeschooling i found that i get so wrapped up in researching curriculum and watching youtube videos and listening to podcasts that that becomes your hobby and it's important to do things for yourself so that you can be the best parent and the best educator to your children that's why they're home with you that's why you're together
0: no, it's great. Great advice. That's I'm, I'm going to steal the uh, airplane mask uh, right. theory. I, I love that. <laughs> Put your mask on first, kids. But uh...
1: Thank you so much. This has just been wonderful. Uh, we really appreciated our conversation. And I think it gives, we love these first year homeschooler interviews oh. because it gives folks who are um, just new and they're just ready to take the plunge or they're not sure some, you know, some good insight. Uh, I always remember listening to homeschool podcasts before we started, before we actually had mm-hmm. kids, I was like dabbling in it. And I was like, 10 year veteran homeschool mom talking about their experience. And I was like, I couldn't relate to that. So Mm -hmm. uh, we really appreciate you sharing your family's uh, journey with everyone.
2: Well, and you guys have been a great resource for me because I remember I found your podcast randomly before uh, during COVID when I had absolutely no intention of homeschooling. I don't know how you came up on my Spotify and I was like, I was doing my Peloton bike one day and I was like, I'll just give them a listen while I'm biking here. And I was like, Mm -hmm. wow, they've they're great and then later when we decided to homeschool I was like this is perfect they're like old friends and so I started going through <laughs> and listening to all of your podcasts and especially the first year ones and so you guys have uh you know provided a lot of resources for me as a homeschool parent so I appreciate everything that you guys do
0: no oh, thank you
1: well we're so glad that it oh, worked you. out for you and that it was helpful